return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I'm going to welcome Deb Colesbeck up. She has a message for us, a good word. Deb's ministered many times, uh, been here longer than I have, and just uh, always gives a great word. So let's welcome her as she comes. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Vanden. Thank you, Pastor Dave and Jeannie, everybody, for just the privilege. Speak the word of the Lord. So um, I'd like to open with prayer a little differently today. If you would just all kind of just open your hands and just say with me, Come, Holy Spirit. Will you do that with me? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of the living God in our midst, habitating within us. We give permission, Holy Spirit, to come, to engage with us, to change us, transform us. We thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke, that lifts the burdens. The anointing, Father, that leaves absolutely nothing uncovered, untouched. We expose ourselves to you, to your glory, to your Holy Spirit. And we thank you for being here and giving us revelation knowledge even tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, I'm just slightly excited about this message tonight. So I'm calling it, We Have God's DNA. So I don't know if you know about butterflies. Butterflies are born with two sets of DNA. Did you know that? It's rather exciting. Um, so we have to talk about DNA tonight because there is an, it's an amazing thing. You already know the word metamorpho shows up in the Bible five times. So we're going to just kind of talk about all this, Okay. What's DNA? Well, I'm not going to give you the long name of it, but it's uh, this complex code. I think the best way to explain it is probably to compare it to a computer. Has anyone in the house ever written a computer program? You have, you have. We have brilliant people in our midst. Take so much intelligence, time, effort. Let's see, what's that other key word in here? Anyway... You guys already know, but the rest of us maybe don't, that there's this long, long code, and it's all made up of zeros and ones. And it's just in certain order, and then that tells the computer what to do, how to operate, everything. It's all in that code. And the same thing is true with the DNA that's within us. It's a complex code. It's really um, the nucleus of a molecule that's within us. In fact, in every single one of your cells, every cell of your body has the identical complex code, which just happens to be 
uh, let's see, remind me, three billion letters long. No kidding. Three billion letters long, which if you were going to type it one word per second, stop every eight hours, it would only take you 50 years to type it. That's long. And uh, they say that every scientist, I mean, anybody who's ever peeked at this business of DNA comes away saying, there has to be a God. There has to be this master designer. Because what is DNA? You probably already know. We've watched the movies. We know how DNA is used to solve crimes and all of this stuff. They can use a fingernail. They can use a piece of hair. They can use blood or saliva. They can even use your breath. I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's kind of important. Jeannie taught us how um, we have voice prints. Did you know about voice prints? There's fingerprints, voice prints, and they have now discovered that every single human being has an individual breath print. Yes. Oh, there's so much I wanted to tell you. Your body, did you know, has 37 trillion cells, give or take. Like you probably lost a couple today from your skin or your gut or your blood. But anyway, and every time they die off, the new ones are just automatically stamped with this new DNA. So when conception occurs, I don't know if you've studied this, but there's one cell, just one cell for anywhere from 12 to 30 hours, just (coughs) one master cell with that gorgeous three billion letter code that tells your body everything. How tall you will be? Are you going to be good at math or not? What color will your eyes be? Will you be musical? Will you be athletic? It it tells your heart how to beat. It tells the blood how to do the veins and the arteries. It tells your body every operation. Everything is in that complex code. Now, let's see if I'm missing anything. So our physical DNA. How did it first get transmitted? Well, way at the beginning of creation, God made Adam from the dust of the world, the earth, and then he breathed into him. Breathed into him the breath of life. It happened with the breath of God. Now, at the beginning, it was perfect, flawless, like Nothing. It told the body what to do, how to do it. The the body, the mind, the will, the emotions, the spirit, everything. Perfect. And then there was sin. Then there was Adam's treason selling out to the devil. And death came to all of mankind's spirits. And big time changes (laughs) to our bodies. Now, Ephesians uh, chapter 2, I don't think I gave you this scripture, but The very first verse explains that our spirits are dead in trespasses, in sins. And that's where redemption and Jesus and the blood makes all the difference in the world. Because we move from death to life with that one decision. The kingdom of God enters us and we enter the kingdom. John, thank you very much. New King James. Okay, so thank you. Here's John chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus says, I give them eternal life. So when we say yes to Jesus, come into agreement of what he did for us, 
We all of a sudden come from death into life. It's a supernatural change that occurs affecting our spiritual DNA. Now, in Christ, our spirits are made alive. Jesus' blood completely took care of the penalty and the power of sin, and his resurrection provides brand new, well, how do I put it? Newness of life for our spirits. Romans chapter 6, verse 5 explains that if we have been planted together, or another word would be united together, or identified with the likeness of his death, now, sometimes when we say yes to Jesus, we we have sort of half the picture, all the picture. I mean, sometimes the download is just immediate. Sometimes we grow into what's really happened. But it, we have to come into agreement at some point, I died in Christ. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Deb Kalsbeck who lives. I now live by the faith of the Son of God. If we get to that place where we can identify, I have been... Oh, sorry. Let's go back to that other verse. If we've been planted together, united with, identified with the death, the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 8, I gave it to you also, right? Um, Well, whatever I gave you, verse... Can we stay in the King James? Perfect. Verse 8, there it is. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Now, there are some who think the living begins when you get to heaven. I believe the living with him begins the moment you say yes to the Lord Jesus. If we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Hallelujah. Or as the message puts it, this is kind of cool here. Did I give that to you? I missed it. Imagine that. Can you do the message? This guy is just so good, right on top of it. There it is. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, anybody in the house? Yes, we want to be included in that sin-conquering death. We also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Friends, our spirits are alive right now. What happened in worship? I can't believe Jenny left. Ah! What happened in worship, us engaging our hearts with him, actually connecting with the holy God. We are connecting with the holy, the righteous, Jesus Christ, right now. Right now. We are supposed to be seated, right, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. That's describing our spirit man. I know sometimes it's a little confusing. You think, yeah, but I'm still sitting right here. My feet are still on planet Earth. Yeah, but your spirit is seated with Christ in heavenly places. We don't connect with God with our brains. I remember that place in my life where I was like, okay, how come I'm not hearing him right here? Well, it doesn't work that way. He connects us spirit to spirit. Exactly. Our spirit man really wants to be the butterfly. Soaring and flying and experiencing new life. So, 
we got to talk about the butterfly now, okay? Because that will help you immensely to understand this divine change that's happened or occurring in our spirit man. So when I did this study on renewing the mind, what was that, two years ago already? I can't remember. Time goes so fast. Um, We did talk about butterflies, and I'm sure you all had it in third, fourth grade. Maybe you've even seen some pictures recently, but just want to remind you, how do they start? Are they soaring, flying with gorgeous wings? No, they start out a caterpillar, a worm, crawling on the ground. Even their digestion system is very different. As a worm, they're biting, they're chewing on solid things. They have no legs, they can only crawl. There's no flying, there's no soaring, there's no pretty wings. They are on the ground crawling. That is it. I mean, it's a little uncanny, the comparison, friends, between about us before Christ. This low place that we were. And then... All of a sudden, we're in the spirit, flying with gorgeous wings. Um, Again, the caterpillar had no legs, but the butterfly has six legs, plus the ability to soar and to fly. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17, I know you probably all have this memorized. Maybe when we put this on the screen, your brain just goes off, because I've only heard this a thousand times. I want you to stay fresh, alert, alive, because here is the picture Right here of what happens with our DNA. If anyone is in Christ, he is sort of a new creation. No, he is a new creation. Some of the old things have passed away. No, all the old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, like I said, butterflies are born with these two sets of DNA, one of which is completely dormant at the beginning. Just dormant. It's just, it's there, but not a whole lot. Nothing is happening, actually, while it's in the caterpillar stage. And listen, the same thing is true for us in the spirit realm. We are born with two sets of DNA, every human being on the face of the earth. We were born dead in trespasses and sins, but we become alive when we are transferred from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. That happens when, by faith, we come into Christ, and Christ comes into our spirits. When the butterfly moves, stage number two is what they call the chrysalis stage. Any scientists, am I pronouncing it the right way? Forgive me if I'm doing it wrong. So they move into this chrysalis stage where they attach themselves to a leaf, spin this cocoon, and then all this change occurs called metamorphosis. The caterpillar shrinks, it sheds its skin, and all of its organs begin to shrink, dissolve, melt. And the caterpillar literally dies. And a new specimen begins to emerge based on the new DNA. The old DNA turns into this soupy mess and the new rises up and makes a whole new creation. Isn't this exciting? Okay, admit it. (laughs) Okay, so the Bible says, guess what? We are metamorphosed. That's the Greek word. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12, 2 
says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't be shaped by, pressured by the world, but be metamorphosed. That's the Greek word right there. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's the word of the living God, friend. The breath of God. Breathing into our souls. Remember how the original DNA happened. The breath of God. And so the living, breathing word of the Lord. When we come into contact with this, I mean, I don't know, have you read testimonies? I remember this woman, I don't remember her name. She was that famous, she's still alive on planet Earth, that that lesbian leader of a college who she had written a letter in the newspaper and she had told everybody this business of God for the birds, dumb, stupid, you know, and what I think is just right and and she invited mail to come. Well, I don't know if she even invited, but she had on her desk anyway three piles. Like mail, hate mail, and then there was this other pile. And she got a whole lot of like mail, a little bit of hate mail, and then she got this letter that said, may we talk? And it was a man of God who just decided just to encounter her, just had lunch together and said, have you read it? And he just dared her. Just read it. And she was absolutely changed. She says, I, you know, the immense change. You've experienced it. We get into the word, and if we're anxious, there flows peace. If we need direction, oh my goodness, here it is. If you're in despair, there's hope that shows up. Anyway, there's this amazing thing that happens when we get into the word. The living breath of God contains and activates the new DNA within our spirits. That's how it happens. Time spent even like tonight in the presence of God, worshiping and beholding our King. We become what we behold, friends. The very image of Christ is stamped on our souls whenever we take in the living word or worship and behold the glory of our King. Metamorphosis is a scientific word describing this transformation we've been talking about of the caterpillar into the butterfly. The Bible uses the Greek metamorpho, which can be defined as altered, changed, higher, beyond. Strong's uses the phrase changed into another form. Our Greek specialist, you've heard of Rick Renner. I'm just going to give you his quote because I can't always say it the way he does. He says this word metamorpho speaks of an actual, real transformation of our minds, even our outward appearance. We can actually exchange our present appearance, our current status, for one that is more glorious. He's specifically referring now to this verse that we're going to go to next in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I think, well, let me just quick tell you, there's five instances of the word metamorpho in the Bible. We have be ye transformed in Romans 12, which is a command. We're supposed to be transformed. We're supposed to go through this change by renewing our minds. Then it shows up here. We're going to read in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And it also shows up in the three instances of the transfiguration. 
which always blows me away that from God's vantage point, he considers what happened to Jesus on that mountain. Actually, did I give you that scripture, didn't I? Can we just jump for a minute to Luke chapter 9? Um, this is in the Passion. Okay, so this is Jesus taking Peter, James, and John, climbing a high mountain. As he prayed, his face began to glow until it was a blinding glory streaming from him. His entire body was illuminated with a radiant glory. His brightness became so intense that it made his clothing blinding white. Do you see why Rick Renner is talking about this? actually in the Greek. It's understood in the Greek that there is a physical change that accompanies blinding white like multiple flashes of lightning. I mean, from God's vantage point, for him to use the same word, metamorpho, as be transformed. And then we're going to peek at this verse here in 2 Corinthians 3.18. Hallelujah. i got to go back in my notes with you guys. And before I would talk about that, I just want to explain again that this is a miraculous thing that's occurring whenever we engage with God. Praise God, Randon's preaching on prayer right now. Some people think, oh, boring, boring. No, 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 prayer. Anytime you're talking to God, my goodness, we're communing with the Holy God and that DNA that might have been dormant. It might be, even after, what, 20 years, it might still be a little bit just starting to rise up, but you, it gets activated every time you're in prayer, every time you're in worship, every time you're in the Word of God. Our, um, and we can get stuck sometimes just trying to be the butterfly, just trying to be better instead of just letting the, the DNA get activated while just being in the Word. And so we got to let the Word do its work, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <coughs> Because Jesus said, my words are spirit, and my words are life. So let's peek at 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all, with unveiled face, that's talking about a heart that's wide open, just open, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, that's the word metamorpho right there, into the same image. Now that's incredible too, isn't it? I mean, you'd think, well... Maybe God would be satisfied if you're just a little bit like Jesus. It's the same image. Stamp, stamp, stamp. Oh, hallelujah. Into the same image from one mess to the next? No, it says from glory to glory. As by the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. So, Oh, and that Amplified Classic, I didn't give you that verse, but that's the one that says it's from one degree of glory to another. Hallelujah. So listen, we are spirit beings who just happen to live in a body. Um, There's a Bill Vanderbush that just, I think he compares it to a car. Some of us might be riding in a Volkswagen and some in a Lexus, right? I mean... It's just our vehicle by which we move on planet Earth. What did I hear the other day? Somebody was talking about when God looks at you, he doesn't see you whatever this height and black hair and blue eyes and with that little flaw on your face. No, he's looking at your spirit. He's always looking at your spirit, man. Hallelujah. Now, your soul, your mind, will, and emotions 
That's the part of you that can connect with both worlds. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The physical world, well, that's why we're masters at dealing with the physical world. We've been doing it from day one. I get to see it. I get to touch it, feel it, smell it. I can connect. But your soul is also that part of you which can connect to the spirit world. That takes a little learning, growing, practicing how it works. But um, that's why, again, you want to just keep being learning and growing. And the interesting thing is the physical world is so loud. It's so visible. There's all these voices vying for our attention, right? But in the spiritual world, God likes to communicate in whispers. And nudges. He's not loud. Remember Elijah's thing. He tried the fire and the... But he didn't hear. He couldn't perceive until there was the small voice. Hallelujah. And yet, even though it's invisible, even though it's this quiet, whispering, nudging, every once in a while, I mean, Pastor Dave says that he heard Pastor his name spoken that day in the bar. Some of us, maybe you have heard a physical voice. But God tends to do the the quiet, the whisper, the little nudge. No matter whether it's loud, however, it's more real, actually. The whole spiritual realm is more real than the physical. And everything in the spirit is set up to work by faith. Whatever we come into agreement with is what we will tend to experience. Now, on a physical level, we tend to think, and I've heard somebody say this to me, well, your DNA, you can't do anything about that. It's predetermined. It's pre-planned. But the scientists say that your environment can affect your DNA. And they have discovered recently that your beliefs will affect your DNA. For example, here's a tiny example. Say that because of your DNA, your physical DNA, um, they've concluded that you are going to have a heart attack early in your life. Now, in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, you can come into agreement with that and say, oh my goodness, I'm going to be dying early. It's in my family. It's predetermined. It's pre-planned. And you've just increased your chances probably, what, 30 40% because you came into agreement with it. Or, I mean, bad beliefs are empowering, but so are good beliefs. Hey, here's my advice. How about listening to God? Let's come into agreement with what God says. It's very powerful, friend. Now, what if, just what if it's true? I mean, you maybe are one of those people saying, I don't know about this spiritual DNA stuff. But just what? What if it's true that there's supernatural DNA just lying dormant within us, just waiting to be activated, waiting to be manifest in your life and mine. Come on, at some point we should ask ourselves anyway, are we that new creation God had in mind? Have our old beliefs melted down, disappeared? Have I shed the skin of guilt, condemnation? Have we gotten rid of the worm mentality? Have we taken on the wings of the Spirit? Now, some of us are still in the chrysalis stage, fighting the transformation, refusing to surrender. I don't think that's any of you in here, but there are people like that, refusing to surrender to the glory, choosing the old instead of the new, wanting the dead instead of the alive. And i got to tell you, the 
there are people online that are actually telling people that that's where we're supposed to be, probably going to be your whole Christian life, in the chrysalis stage. No, let's become the butterfly. Let's take on the new, ND, new, ND, the new DNA because this is God's will. He wants us to step into his glory, his peace, his hope, his completeness. Now, we're going to finish tonight. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures because, you know, I think it's uh, Victoria Osteen that always says, I'm, I'm here. Well, oh, I know what she says. People complain to her. You're just getting, getting people's hopes up. And she says, that's right. I want to get your hopes up. And that's what I'm about here. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures because I want you to get your hopes up. All right, so here's one of the verses, Ephesians 1.18. The Paul, one of the prayers of Paul, and remember, if it's in the word of God, it's possible. Here's the prayer. Something you and I should be asking God. Lord, we're asking that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of of his inheritance in the saints. Oh my goodness. So tell me, where are those riches in glory? Are they waiting for you in heaven? Are they under lock and key? Are they just for certain folks? And who exactly are the saints? Are those the people that lived long time ago that did some pretty cool things? No. The Bible meaning of saint is every believer, every person in Christ, set apart for his holy use. That's what it means. And do you see that? It says that we're supposed to understand that the riches of the glory, like every blessing under heaven, is where? In the saints. Hey, that's you. It's already in you. Glory to God. Glory to God. I love how Andrew Womack says, all the glory you're ever going to experience for eternity. For eternity. I mean, are you like me? Like, I've imagined what it's going to be like in heaven. The freedom, the glorious, completeness, the joy, the peace. All that glory that you're ever going to experience for eternity is already planted inside of you. Glory to God. So here's our second verse. We're ending with Romans chapter 8. I love Romans chapter 8. Oh, it's like a go-to chapter. If I want to get encouraged, there's where I go. We're going to read uh, from the Passion, verses 14 through 17. <coughs> and I know I could have shortened it, but it's just so good. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you, you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you're never going to feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, or Abba. Verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being. You see the whispers? You see the innermost being? That's your spirit, man. You are God's beloved child. Have you heard that today? If you haven't, there it is. You are God's beloved child. And since we are his true children, 
Because we are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, we qualify to share some of his treasures. No, it's all, like all God's treasures. For indeed we, like you and me, common ordinary people, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, another miraculous thing, this joining together, being one with Christ, We also inherit, look at this, all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided we accept his sufferings as our own. Wow, wow, wow. Notice, friend, we're talking about joint sitting or joint heirship. All that he is, all that he has. What did the father tell the elder brother? Do you remember the story of the prodigal? Of course, the prodigal wasn't really experiencing the fullness of his father, the love, the joy, the peace. But the elder brother who lived right there was missing out. His attitude was pretty bad. He either didn't know or he just chose not to experience it. But the words of the father to the elder brother were, you are ever with me and all that I have is thine. So the prodigal or the older brother, neither one of them knew what was really theirs. But friend, you and I are going to figure it out. We're going to consume this book until it becomes part of us, until that divine DNA is completely activated and operating in our lives. And if you agree, lock it in with a big amen. Amen. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the divine swap. My inheritance for yours. Woo. My every cell now stamped with the life of Christ. Hallelujah. The hope of glory, the expectation of glory. Our hearts are bursting with joy, Father, with the expectation and the hope of what you have in mind for each one of us, what you've already planted and deposited within us. Hallelujah. We say yes, yes, yes to every part of this inheritance. Yes. Say it with me. Yes. We're saying yes to every part of this inheritance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. Have yourself a great, wonderful week. Get that DNA activated a little bit every day, every day. And I'll be glad to pray with anybody who needs some prayer. Blessings on you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.